I want to win. And if I don't win, I ain't giving up. Started his business from nothing, that was 2018. Came top salesman in the country multiple times, had a dream. He would scale up his company and train thousands of people. Give you knowledge and teach you, don't let the problems defeat you. Launching Profit Rocket. All right, everybody, welcome to the Profit Rocket Podcast. I'm your host, Victor Rancor. Uh, today, we have an exciting guest. I got my buddy, Mark Mason. He's from Boston, Massachusetts. He's running a fantastic plumbing and heating and air company. Cool thing about Mark is he's, uh, you know, he stepped into this into this job just a short time ago, less than less than two years ago, and has grown this thing into a monster up there in the Northeast. So, welcome, Mr. Mark Mason, to the to the uh, podcast, man. Uh, thanks for having me, Victor. Appreciate you. So, you know, I wanted to bring you on just because, you know, obviously we're, you know, we're in a lot of, you know, different mastermind groups. We're friends on Facebook, and I'm kind of seeing the stuff you're doing. And a lot of what you're doing is is it kind of reminded me of myself just a couple of years ago where, you know, we're growing fast we're buying trucks, we're hiring people. Uh, let's kind of jump into a little bit where, you know, talk a little bit about your company, talk about, you know, where you guys started, how you kind of got into, into this business. And then, you know, let's touch a little bit about the growth that you're having, man. It looks like you guys are just exploding out there. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll touch about it. I'll touch with it. Uh, so I actually went to a vocational high school uh, for, for plumbing. And that's where I got my background. In 2009, I graduated, uh, went strictly to the workforce. Um, I worked for a large mechanical company out of Boston that primarily did commercial. Um, and we did about 60 million a year, uh, had about 100 employees. So I worked in the field, got my journeyman performance license. And then uh, fast forward, I ended up having a worksite injury and they put me in the office. I brought in the office. They brought me in as an assistant estimator. Eventually, I turned into an estimator into a product manager. And at that point, I was able to, you know, almost manage multiple things at once. You know, I, I have my book of business that I manage, which I did it very, you know, it came easy to me to manage because I'm very organized. I'm resourceful, solution driven. And I was able to hustle on the side in real estate and plumbing in order to get where I am today. So, um, you know, you now you fast forward 10 years from now, eight, 10 years and you know, you know, we, me and my business partner built this monster here in Boston. And it all kind of comes back to uh, those traits that I've learned and the opportunity I was given to come in the office and, and kind of be behind the scenes and really uh, watch and get mentored by my owner at that time. Well, I think it, it's huge, right? So, you know, obviously I started out as a technician, worked my well, way up to being in sales. And obviously from that end of it, you don't see the whole back end because a lot of guys, they come from being a, they were a technician and then all of a sudden they turned business owner, which they didn't know how to sell anything at the, <laughs> to start with. And then they also didn't know how to run a business. So now if you don't have sales or business acumen, that's a problem recipe for disaster, which seems like a lot of the guys that come into ownership um, from the technician side. But I think the most powerful thing for me as well was, you know, I got an opportunity. I got recruited to go work at this other company and I got to see the other side of it and got to see the ebbs and flows in the office and how all the little pieces work together and all that stuff. So obviously when you're saying that, I'm like, I can tell like that's what, you know, gave yeah. you the success to transfer. And I think that's the biggest struggle for most, most home service business owners is that they had an entrepreneurial seizure and all of a sudden they went from being a technician and sales guy to now all of a sudden now they got to run a business and they got to figure out the day to day. So 
you went from that business. You said you were dabbling in a little bit of real estate. You want to kind of talk a little bit about that um, before you head into your business? Yeah. So uh, 2014, I bought my first multifamily home. I did the Burr strategy, you know, and refinance repeat. Um, so being, being able to manage those projects from that mechanical company, I was able to be organized and resourceful enough to apply it to outside uh, side hustles, right? You know, which is getting in real estate, kind of having the time to do that along with, um, you know, I was just like you probably were, Victor, hustling from, you know, four o'clock when you get out of work to 11 o'clock at night, trying to trying to get that uh, side work in. So and in, in the in the midst of all this, I was started to work for a rehab company that flipped houses and I was their plumber. And I remember actually being under their kitchen sink and them kind of coming, it was like eight o'clock at night and them kind of coming down on me like, hey, you know, you gotta hurry up. Like we gotta get this thing on the market. And I remember like looking, like there wasn't even paint on the walls. And I'm like, I'm trapping off the sink. I'm like, I'm like, you guys are idiots. Like, like worry about you. I'll worry about me, you know? And at that time I realized that, uh, that I'm like, I can do, I can, I, I can do that way better than I can. And, uh, that's when it opened up my eyes. I decided to do a bunch of research and dabbling in real estate even more, um, which led me to where I am today in the real estate game, which they all kind of come together. Right. I'm like, you yeah. know, when we have opportunity, entrepreneurs, when they have, when we have opportunity, we tend to, we try to grab everything we can. And at that time, that's what I was doing. Um, well, can you talk a little bit about that? Because that's also the downfall of most entrepreneurs is that yep. we, the problem is like for me, like I drive down the street now and I don't know about you, but I drive down the street and I see a business. I'm like, dude, if I had that business, it'd be making more money. If I had that business, I would do it this way. Right. <laughs> and we think about that. That's what goes through our head all the time as entrepreneurs. And we just think that we can come in and fix everything. Right. Yep. And what happens is as you become more successful, people start coming to talk to you about ideas and, and opportunities and, hey, I got this going on. And everybody's like selling it like it's the next best thing. And you're like, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. Yep. And we want, we, all of a sudden we're, instead of focusing on the one we're with, right, we're all over the place. Uh, is that kind of what was happening to you? I mean, obviously, you know, real estate's a full-time job. If you're, if you're operating multiple, operating multiple properties and stuff like that, that's a full-time job. What made you want to have another full-time job? So I tend to just go too fast. You know, I, it wasn't until recently in the past couple of years that I've actually been like, all right, like, you know, let, let, let me, let me think about this. Let me sit down and think about this. Cause uh, it's, it's actually an ongoing joke at the office. They call me trigger mock. Cause I'm just like, boom, like if, if something has to be rectified, I'm, I'm on it, you know? So I feel like I had to really control that trait starting a couple of years ago. Cause I, you know, more money more problems like you were saying earlier and uh you know it was to the fact it took me having three businesses to realize like holy shit there's not enough time in the day you know i need help i need to hire and you just don't know when to hire i mean you're coming into business as a new business owner and it you know you can be doing it for 10 years and you still just you just don't know what you don't know so you know once I realized, I'm like, all right, let, let, let's do some math here. Let's, let's see where all my time is going. Like, I need someone to do this, 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 this. Because you're so nervous as a business owner to hire. It's one of the, you know, at first, you know, it was very hard to hire that first person. And a lot of people are owner operators and they're techs that kind of go out on their own. And they never get over that first hump of getting out of the truck. It's so tough for them, you know. 
See, I fucked up. I had four employees or something like that day one. So I, <laughs> I made the decision. Wait, wait, I, do it. I, I didn't want, I didn't want to be in the field. I didn't want to do that. And I didn't, well, I didn't yeah. want to be the technician. I didn't want to be the installer. I ended up doing that stuff too, but that was also a mistake I made too, is that I hired too early, right? I started a brand new business. I hired these people and guess what? When you hire somebody, their livelihood depends on you and your ass needs to eat the cost. Your ass needs to eat his payroll to make sure that they they're taken care of. And I think that was a mistake that I made rather than most guys. They, they hold on and they actually are smart enough to hold on to the cash first, then hire. I said, fuck it. I'm going to hire and then we'll figure it out from there. So at least you were, at least you were smart enough to not over hire. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when we started RCL, we put $20,000 in the bank account and, uh, no, you know, knock on wood, we haven't put put another uh, another cent in it since. So it's been successful, you know. But you, like you said, you need a you need to get the coaching, the mentoring. You got to be in these mastermind groups because you need to surround yourself by other people that made the mistake already. Like now that we have this connection, I could I could I could hit you up anytime. But like, hey, I'm running into this, and you're gonna be willing to help me because that's what we do. We we give us right. Yeah. So, and I, and I think it's powerful too, because I think one of the big mistakes I made, you know, in business is I let my ego get in the way. Right. So one of the things that got me in trouble in the first couple of years is I grew fast as fuck, like fast, fast, like within, you know, we had $5 million our first year from scratch. And then next thing we're at $12 million and I got this big ass business and I hadn't talked to anybody. I haven't asked for any business advice. I didn't go to any coaching programs. I didn't go to any of it. And I still remember like thinking like, dude, I can, I don't need all that shit. Why would I pay for site? I know it all, man. I've already worked at these companies and I know this shit and you don't know what you don't know. And for me, I was failing. I was failing without knowing because I wasn't tracking the numbers. I didn't have the right KPIs. I didn't have the next check and balances. I didn't have SOPs. I had a fucking chaos. I just had a fucking literally a mess. I had people, I had people doing, I had multiple people doing the same person's job. I had people all over the place. I was just hiring everybody, bringing everybody in. We're growing. And from the outside, it looks great, right? It looks great. And then all of a sudden, your accountant comes to you one day and says, hey, Vic, uh, we need some fucking money. And you have to figure it out. And I think that was one of the biggest mistakes. Is like if I was to start over, day one, I would have had a mentor. Day one, I would have had processes and procedures in place. But instead, I was flying by the seat of my pants. And the good thing is, just like probably you are, I'm a great sales guy. So I would sell my way out of every problem where most guys who can't sell them will sell their way out of problems. But I I was able to, if someone came to me on Wednesday and said, Hey, payroll's Friday and I need 50 grand. I was going to go find 50 grand somehow, some way where, you know, some guys get in that position. They just don't know what to do. So you want to talk a little bit about, obviously you went, you got all this real estate going on and we were talking before the show and you're like, you got nine different properties you own now. Uh, Almost 40 rentals. Oh, I, th- I heard you wrong. He's got 40 yeah. rentals. So 40 rental properties. And then you had nine employees working there, correct? Yeah. 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 That's what it was. Yeah. And then um, and then all of a sudden you guys decided to start this business. So you want to talk a little bit about obviously how you came about meeting your partner and stuff like that. Cause that's a touchy subject to a lot of people. It's Hard. important to know who you're in bed with, you know, your partner, make sure you can trust them, make sure you guys align, make sure you have the right vision. So what made you decide to partner with your partner? So I'm going to start off by saying I uh, on the ships for the most part. I really think them out before they happen um, for obvious reasons, right? You know, uh, so myself and Rich, we go back, um, you know, and we didn't go into business because we knew each other for a long time. It just, it was right because we knew it was right. Uh, we, uh, he grew up actually down the road from me and uh, he's about the same age as me and, 
we went to the technical high school together. He was a junior, he was a sophomore while I was a senior. So we were a couple of years uh, apart. Um, when I started my journey, we, we always kept in touch. We were never, we were never super close, but we kept in, we kept in touch. I ended up getting my diploma license. He seen the trajectory of where I was going. Uh, and you know, he was following suit really, you know, and he was jumping around at different plumbing companies and HVAC companies. And he kind of had the same trajectory as me as like, he was working for like large mechanical commercial uh, mechanical companies doing pipe fitting and all that good stuff. And an assistant estimator position opened up at my company. And I'm like, Hey Rich, you should come over. He's like, he's like, I'll go to the interview, but I'm not really interested. So he's like, he called me. He's like, you know, yeah, sitting in a cube for fucking 10 hours a day, making $55,000 a year fucking is is just not going to do for me i'm like all right well if, if you want to be a business owner one day i think you should you should think about it you know he took it that was kind of the start of where we, we are today because uh you know in 2016 he left the company started rcl mechanical and uh you know he was a one-man band for three and a half years or four years really and when i left that company um i said hey rich i'm gonna I'm either going to open up, like I had Mason plumbing and heating at the time. I only had a couple of guys. I said, I'm either going to, I'm going to blow up the fucking plumbing company and I'm going to blow up the real estate company, but I'd rather be a 50% owner of a $10 million company than a hundred percent owner of a fucking $1 million, $2 million company. So if you want to do it, you know, and we were always aligned the past, like the, those around those years, because we were like the only ones in our area that had the entrepreneurial mindset so i bounced things off him he bounced things off me and uh we never knew this was coming i never knew i was gonna quit and kind of just say fuck it i'm in uh so he's like you know what let's do it so we merged our two companies now we had three employees and then uh, i think the op we opened it nine nine three 2020 right going into the pandemic and uh the rest was history you know i feel like we have a very healthy relationship because you need you know you need trust you need honesty you need to communicate and uh we touch on those all very well throughout the business he doesn't kind of get into my lane i don't get into his lane and it kind of works out good because he does commercial i do residential even though it should have been opposite because he had more residential experience than me but yeah. i just had what i had and you know did my did my thing and we we both grew it and Today we are we are successful with a very healthy partnership. Well, let's talk a little bit about your guys' business makeup because you know a lot of people on here, like me included, right? I I stay away from commercial. I know it's a little Boston. I know there's you know good opportunity there as far as commercial side. So you're running two set pretty much two separate businesses. So obviously, you have your residential side and then your commercial side. You want to talk a little bit about how you guys you know split that up? Are you guys cross training these guys? What's what's the makeup of that order? You have separate divisions where the, Hey, this guy just works on re our residential. This guy just works on commercial. Yeah. So that's a good question. Yeah. We definitely want to hit that. Uh, so a, a total, uh, if we're talking dollar value, we're going to do about two and a half million in residential this year. The rest, the, the, the rest that makes up the 10 million is going to be uh, commercial. Uh, obviously the profit margins are better on residential uh, than commercial. Uh, but at, for the structure of the business, we, you know, we moved into a new building that we all grown already, but you know, that's to say the least, uh, we have, our techs do not cross paths. 
We have okay. it's 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 separated. Our P we have our service and our residential, our service and our commercial separate on P and Ls. Um, so the books are separate to the extent of not making a new entity as much as we can, and then none of the technicians uh, cross paths throughout the day. Nice. Uh, are you are you running on a CRM right now, or what? Do you, how are you guys splitting that up? So that's been that's been an, obviously a so in the commercial world, a sage is the is where you want to be. Um, and I we signed up for Service Titan in the beginning um, about a couple of years ago, and uh, our goal was that they sold us on them being able to do commercial, and that's not the case. So they actually been working with us to kind of develop it and kind of make it work for them because I see they kind of experienced that goes into it with the purchase orders and all the good stuff that it's just a totally different change from residential yeah. to commercial. But yeah, we have, we have estimators and product managers and um, it's totally separate. So we have, pro we have product managers for both sides of the business service manager over here. We've got the product manager over here. There's about 20 people in the office. It's almost, we're almost heavy in the office because it's two businesses. Yeah, I was going to say that sounds pretty heavy in the office because that's about that's less than that's more than I have in my office. For yeah, it's about it's about probably realistically probably about 15, 16 people in the office. Uh, we have a total of fifty five in the in the company. So, nice. um, but it's you know like you said it's a beast. You got to feed it, and uh, it almost we almost get hit a little bit extra because of the overhead to doing both businesses. Right, we kind of well, make it up on being under the same roof but you get hit on other, other yeah ways. that's the one hard that's the hard thing about commercial like you know don't get me wrong there's money in it right but you have to have the money to float money like you have to be able to to carry large amounts of cash uh cash reserves stuff like that to be able to float you when you're waiting on a check or or if you know someone's not paying up or whatever it is i think that's that's the one thing that a lot of people run into is they get excited about commercial then they all of a sudden don't get paid for 90 days yeah. and now they're stressed they're stressed out all the time so it's really it's hard it's almost like a harder harder thing to get into because you know residential i put the in, in the unit in today i'm getting paid today right yeah. commercial is like i put the unit in today and then we're going to send a bunch of invoices to these guys and we're going to call them 100 yeah. times and then we're going to maybe get kicked around for a while then hopefully we'll see a check in about 90 days yeah you, and, you nailed it yeah, and that and that's and that's the hard part about commercial because there, you know, just like anything else, as long as you run the business the right way, you hit the margins right, you price everything right, there's money in it, but you have to know, understand the commercial side. Like for me to go jump in, if I was to go jump in head first into commercial, I would fail. I don't know that side of the business. I don't know the ebbs and flows. I don't know, you know, the little secrets of how to get these guys to pay you. I don't know all those little things where it's like I'm just sticking, I kind of just stick to my bread and butter, even though I'm like, I get offered commercial work all the time. And people are like, could you do this? I'm like, no, I just won't. And and I think for me, and the one of the if you're a listener to this is just stay smart, stay in your lane, right? If you can't predict the outcome of a of a of a, a job or a project, don't take the job. And so many guys will run around town just taking everything. Oh my God, he said he's going to give me this two hundred thousand dollar commercial job. I'm like, have you ever done a two hundred thousand dollar commercial job? Well, no, I'll figure it out. I'm like, you are fucking wild, dude, because you can't predict that. You don't know you've done it enough times you know all the things the checks and balances how to put buffers in how to make sure all this stuff's done so many guys will take these jobs and all of a sudden they're tied up for three four months they don't get paid they can't figure out why they have no cash and you know all this stuff's happening because you still got to pay your employees this entire time so i that's one thing i'll stress to you guys no matter what you go into right you have to know you have to be able to create something that's predictable outcome it's the same thing with me and mini splits, man. Me and mini splits don't get along. I just won't do them. I can't control the outcome, so I won't do the job. 
And I think that's um, if you guys are listening to this, you guys got to stress that in your business. If you're doing stuff, you can't predict the outcome. You need to stop that and figure out either how to predict the outcome so you can price it right or just step away from stuff that you're not ready for. 100%. Um, the technician, another, another thing to bring up for the listeners is your, your normal technician that goes and swaps a furnace or, you know, they're trained to sell that piece of equipment. They're not, they're not trained to manage a $200,000 job. There's much more responsibilities that kind of equate to that. Now, now you're managing other people. Now you're managing our labor hours. Now you're managing, you're managing everything at a bigger pace, you know, um, in this change orders that come into play that need to be uh, appropriately discussed to the general contractor per the contractual agreement. You go from residential, you making the contract to uh, res- uh, commercial where you, you have a 400 paid contract that you sign your life away on, you know? Yeah, no. And, and it's, and a lot of people bite off more than they can chew. Right. Cause you know, it's funny cause the, the new guy that gets into, into commercial is like, dude, I keep winning all these jobs. And everybody's like, dude, you're undercutting it by fucking half. <laughs> you know, you're, you're 25% less than everybody. No wonder you're winning the jobs. And he's all excited. Cause like, I got a hundred thousand dollars. Well, how much profit did you make? I made nothing. <laughs> well, okay, then fuck you then. Yeah, Enjoy exactly. your $100,000. It all sounds good on paper. It's just like anything else, right? Like, you know, there's a reason why I talk about profit all the time because guess what? The other shit don't matter. Like I can get all the revenue in the world and I've been there where I've sold, you know, over $2 million in a month and we broke even on the month where we didn't lost money. And everybody's like, how do you sell $2 million and not make any money? It's like, well, you take every damn job and then you also don't, you're not job costing, you're not doing all the things, you're taking unpredictable stuff. Cause I used to do where I'm at, a lot of people don't have central heating, they don't have central cooling. So we yeah. have to do cut in. So we got to take a wall heater and turn it into a central system. And then all of a sudden it takes four days instead of two days. Now our overhead doesn't change in those four days. And, and those things you have to learn as, as far as if you're running a business. So many guys think like, oh, I made $10,000 on that job. Well, it took you a week to make that $10,000. So you really only made $2,000 a day, but your overhead's 3000 yeah. So you lost $1,000 a day by doing that job. And a lot of guys don't know their numbers well enough to know, oh shit, like I didn't make money on that job. And I think that's what I stress. I talk to you guys so much about profits, profits, profits. And that's what we teach is how to do that. And so yeah. anyway, so now you got this $10 million business. You're running multiple divisions. And then you also got your real estate thing going on and seems like you're doing really good with that. Then, you know, we had this conversation. You decided that I would want to run a restaurant. You want to talk about that a little bit? Not run. Definitely. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this goes in with that, that shiny object syndrome that we have as entrepreneurs, right? So we, you know, the pandemic hit and I was, someone came up to me and said, hey, you know, we ran out of money on this restaurant. Would you want in? and help finish it i'm like absolutely not like have you watched the fucking news lately it ain't happening like whatever i go home i sit down on the couch whatever or i was probably driving because i do most of my thing when i'm driving and i'm like maybe i can make this work you know i'm always trying to make something work you know i'll even have I, i'm not allowed to like i don't want to interview anymore because i try to make everybody I, I try to accommodate everybody and it's just i just I should be fired from fucking interviewing. So uh, I'm, I'm this. I'm dude. Anybody that comes in my office to sell me stuff, I'm just like, I'm not the guy. I don't even know who the owner is. Uh, to be honest, I'm the owner sounds like a dick. You should go talk to him. It's not yeah, me. exactly. exactly. I, dude, I'll get sold on everything. I'm like, I'm a laydown. Most most good salespeople are laydowns, and that's a fact. Yeah. So <laughs> so 2020 rolls around. They get about halfway through this restaurant. They had a bad partner. You know, you fast. You kind of. You know, I, I went over everything 
with me having the rehab company. Now this got brought to me because of my reputation in my town. They thought, you know, Hey, I w- let's call Mark. He knows he has the resources. He probably has the money. Um, you know, I know of him, blah, blah, blah. Boom. Let's, let's call him. So that's how they, that, that, that's where the opportunity of you creating your authority in your area is very valuable because when you have a successful business like this, it's, it's, it's hands off and you kind of just walk away and that's kind of what it's all about. Right. It's kind of trying to build that financial freedom. Um, so that's why I didn't walk away from it so fast. And when I went in there, I used my resources, my contractors, my labor to finish the restaurant and get it up and running, you know, and obviously the electrical was like half done, which was amazing. And I had to do the plumbing HVAC and finishes, which wasn't too bad, you know? So I ended up organizing uh, 25% equity with 10% three, a three year payment, 10% interest. And, uh, I stuck to it. They tried to negotiate. I'm like, Nope, this is it. This is what's going to take. And they took it. I was paid back within a year and a half, 25% equity hands off. Um, you know, I, I review, I review financials and stuff like that. That's about it. But, uh, that's just the power of authority and opportunity that you can have. If you just step out of your zone and, you put your fear and you step to be, you know? No, hundred percent. And I think that's, you know, as you, as you get better in business acumen and stuff like that, it's a lot of people just need guidance. Right. And you can, you can find your way into businesses and opportunities just by having knowledge. And I think a lot of people, I talk to them about, you know, reading more often, you know, growing your brain. So many guys are so they, they only think they only know what they know because they don't go out of their way to learn. And you would be surprised how much po- more powerful you are when you when you have your brain working for you. Because so many guys, you know, I I talk to people all the time. Like, I don't know how to grow my business. I'll give you twenty five percent equity just to come in and help me. And you start getting these opportunities thrown at you just by putting in the work and the time and and getting gaining that knowledge. And then obviously you were able to come in, you know, put a little bit out of pocket and get an opportunity because you you set yourself up and you put yourself in a position of of knowledge that allowed you to get that that where nobody else would have got that opportunity or if, even if they took the opportunity they wouldn't know what to do with it. Yeah, uh, which is which is powerful. And, and like I said, the the main thing like I've always been is like I came in not knowing anything about business and I had to be taught. And I think that the more people that get business acumen, the more people that understand the numbers. And I run into so many guys that are like, well, I don't do that. My office girl does that. I don't do that. My, my accountant does that. I'm like, dude, fuck those people. You need to know it better than they do. You're just, you're just there to fucking watch them. They should be doing the job. You should know it by the back of your hand so that you can check and balance these people. And so many people in our industry refuse to learn it. They just say, I'm the tech. I'm just the owner. I don't do that. I, I pawn it off to everybody. And that's, that's one of the biggest failures in most businesses is like you start talking to the guys that are the big boys, the good riches, the Leland Smith and, and these other guys that are running horizon, uh, the wrench yeah. guy, those guys are the CEO because they know the numbers like the back of their hand. And if something's off, they could sniff it out. And I think that a lot of people need to like, if you're a technician, you're owning your owner operator, you've got this business, or maybe you're an owner, you got five, six employees. I would dedicate every fucking minute into learning business because if you learn that everything else is just a game at that point. Would you agree? Yeah. hundred percent. You know, and it's funny that even today I brought this up to my team. It's like, you need three things to be good in business. You're going to be organized. You're going to be resourceful and you're going to be able to communicate. If you have those three things, you're most likely going to be successful in business. And, you know, I, I don't think you would disagree. No, hundred percent. And, 
and but we also as as just how it's human nature guys just how we are man like especially the guys that were the technicians right and they they just think like no you don't know what you're talking about i can i i have an outside account and i said okay does your outside account know heating and air conditioning well no but they are an accountant i said okay do they understand how this how to structure your PLs? and i get these guys PLs back and it's like look at i'm at 60 something percent net and i'm like no 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 this goes up here buddy <laughs> like this is not yeah. how this works and some of these i go in and they, they think they're making money and i come in and i'm like within probably an hour i'm like dude you're not making shit you're at two percent five percent to the bottom what's going on they're like i didn't even know this i'm like yeah it's because you haven't taken the time to learn your numbers to be able to fight back and and be able to start asking questions if you don't know what questions to ask you're not going to ask any questions yeah 100 i think there's a super need for what you're the niche that you're going into and what you're doing there's a there's a super need for that um because more people the entrepreneurs the entrepreneur, their entrepreneurial is 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 growing. It's a growing position in the world right now. Everybody's kind of trying to go into it. There's so many resources online that teach you it, and I feel like there's not enough people that are doing what Profit Rocket's doing. You know, and you know, it took me forever to to read a P and L and a balance sheet to understand it. Like they don't teach that shit in school. Like they, Do they, they don't. Nothing. They don't, they don't even like, even if you get a business coach, right? Your business coach doesn't teach you. They want to, I always talk to people like with business, like I got a business coach. I'm like, okay, well, your business coach has one job and his job is to make sure you keep coming back for more. And if yeah. you don't keep coming back, he doesn't have a job. So he's not going to give you everything. He's not going to teach you everything, all the stuff you need to know. And they're like, well, you know, yours, I'm like, what, what's the difference in yours? I'm like, I'm giving you everything and I'm going to teach you how to actually do it. And if you actually pay attention, you are going to learn business and you'll actually be the most, you'll be far more successful than if you get a business coach that's spoon feeding you for the next two years and you barely get anything out of the dude. And, and I think that's why I'm, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting a lot of flack from the industry because I'm getting people are pissed, dude. A lot of these business coaches are fucking mad because they're getting fired because they're not giving the information as fast as I am. I'm like, literally, here's everything you need. And my main goal and everybody's main goal, right, out of anything should be how do I condense time? How do I do take what's going to take 10 years? How can I bring it down to two years, three years? And I think that's one thing that I'm trying to teach. Like, let's condense time because for me, I want to condense time. I don't want to do this for another 30, 40 years. I just don't. I'm 34. I want to be done by 40. Like, I just want to be sail off into the sunset. I'm like, look at, send me up to Ken and I'm out of here, bro. <laughs> yeah. You're hundred percent. You nailed it right there though. You nailed it. You, you got to condense time. You know, uh, that's the one thing you have to work towards. And when you're in business, you understand that and you work towards that every day I'm working towards how can I, how can I condense time? How can I delegate this? Because like you said, it's, it's, there's just too there's just too much moving parts throughout the day. You've got to be able to get the right coach, the right program that's going to push you in the right direction and not just be money hungry. So what's what's next, man? I mean, obviously you got you got a successful real estate business, you got a successful uh plumbing heating and air company, you got a restaurant that runs itself. What where do you see yourself going? What's like what's your what would if Mark's perfect world in five years, what would it be? You know. <laughs> I don't think I'm ready to hang up, hang up anything yet. You know, uh, I think I'm just passionate about the growth of business in general. I love building. Um, I think I'd like to get the real estate company, you know, in, in, in the plumbing company to a point of, I can, I can exit to a certain extent. You know what I mean? And if that means exit as in, you know, a percentage or, I can work remotely, you know, like you said, three to four hours a week in the office because I kind of, I ultimately want to kind of give back to others. I, you yeah. know, I, I want to, I you know, go into, you know, coaching of some sort or, you know, 
helping others in some sort, some way uh, in that aspect, you know? And I'm probably going to move the fuck out of Austin because it's cold as shit and it sucks. It's depressing. And uh, I don't, I wouldn't blame you, man. I, I, I lived in, I lived in Cleveland for a year and obviously Boston's better than Cleveland, but it's the same thing, man. You got the, those winters are long and it's cold. It's everything's dead. It's, it's, it's not a fun place to be. Where, where would you go? I mean, obviously you, you East coast people always want to go to Florida for some reason. It's like, so yeah, I'm a, I love Texas. You know, I go down to Texas pretty much every other month to go cause I'm an apex um so i go down there and I, it's almost like i have a little family down there so i i do like i do like texas i kind of like um the weather the conditions down there the people not snobby boston up here isn't snobby i'm sure you get the same shit in california um so yeah that's the that's the plan i mean within three years i'm gonna want to probably at least be uh switch my time maybe like the winter be in texas come back so we'll figure it out. I think it's a moving target. You know, I'm assuming I'm going to have some kids soon, stuff like that. So I just got married about three or four months ago. So a lot of moving parts and the business is finally getting situated. The wife's actually kind of starting to understand my motivation and the hustle and the business aspect. Of it. They don't, they don't get that part. <laughs> Most of the time they don't get that part. She's a, she's a lot, she's a lot better now than she was. Let me tell you that one. <laughs> I, you know, I think for me, it's like my mind just like, she's like, dude, she finds out a lot of the stuff from social media. She's like, well, you're doing this now. And I'm like, sorry, I just moved fast. And I don't think, you know, she lets me do my thing, but she's like, okay, like, when are you going to fucking stop? Like you got three kids, like just, you gotta, you gotta put some chill on. I'm like, you have to strike while the iron's hot. Like you, when you're young, you got, this is your, I'm in my prime earning potential years, right? hundred percent. You got a short period of time where you're like, you're, you can make the bulk of your money, but I'm like, dude, when I'm 45, 50, I'm going to be chilling. But like right now I got to go get it. And especially for like, for me, dude, like I'm the iron's hot, dude. Like I'm not going to get my influence. Yeah. Isn't going to like, I'm got to cast lightning in a bottle and you got to take every opportunity you have. And I'm trying to be smart with it. And I'm, and I'm very good about my, I get off early. Like I'm off, I'm home by five every day. I go to work about eight, sometimes a little bit later. So like, I don't work crazy hours. I don't work weekends. So like, I don't work crazy hours, but I'm always on my phone. I'm always doing something new. So it's like, she's like, you don't, your brain doesn't shut off. She's like, you're physically here, but you're mentally not here. And so that's what I'm, I've been working on it right now. Cause it's, it's just hard, man. It's like, I get excited. I went from, I don't know about you, but I, I didn't grow up with a bunch of money and I didn't have a bunch of money just as recently. So I'm like, I'm like, I got this opportunity and, and anybody that gets this opportunity and doesn't, you know, grab it by the balls is stupid. And that's what I'm working on right now is just grabbing it by the balls, but also, trying to balance it so wait till you have kids man it gets a little yeah every, it gets a hell of a lot more difficult when you got you got little ones running around and you got to get to sports and you got to do this and and you want to be a good dad but you also want to be a good boss it's it's a lot of work man yeah no 100 i'm glad you said that yeah absolutely i mean uh hats off to you like like, like you said earlier you were at like a peak you're at a peak stage in your life and in your business with your reputation and your uh in with everybody you need to take advantage of it, you know, because I mean, you're stealing from yourself, your clients and your family, if you're not, you know, and they have to understand that, you know, it's just different. Not everybody's molded to do what you do, what I do, no. what other business owners do. So, so someone's got to make, got to make the name and, and, and be the example, right? 
Yeah, and, he, and just like anybody that's listening to this, man, like you got to grab it by the balls. Like you guys have so much opportunity right now at, out of almost any industry that's every, – every industry right now is really worried. They're worried about what's going to happen next year. They're worried what's going to happen the next 20 more months. And realistically, if you're in the home service space, there's not much to worry about. If you have your shit dialed in, you got your processes dialed in, like people's the toilets are going to keep backing up, right? You know, the air conditioners, air conditioners are going to keep breaking. Furnaces are going to keep breaking. That stuff isn't going to stop. And you have to look like you have an opportunity right now to grab it by the balls and, and go in, and go and build something special. And right now these businesses are worth more than they've ever been worth. If you could take three years and dedicate every freaking minute to it, you can grow something that you can sell for millions and millions of dollars. And that's what's that, that's the fact that you guys are up against. But so many guys is just like they 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 just think they can just take forever. Like they, there's no urgency. And I want I always yes. trust you. Let's everything has to be now and today. It's not next year. I'm gonna get to it next year. Next year we're gonna grow ten percent. I'm like fuck that, dude. If you have an opportunity to grow twenty five percent or forty percent, why wouldn't you do it? And so many guys just don't want to take it by the balls. But if you take it by the balls now and you get the condensed time, you can exit these businesses. You can exit a couple times. You can go three to five years, exit another three to five years, exit another one. And that's the opportunity you have is for the young guys. And, you know, I got a lot of guys that I mentor that are in their early 20s that are starting their businesses. And I'm like, dude, uh, I just like I wish I started my business in my early 20s. Yeah. I'd be- <laughs> Once you have the sauce, you replicate it. Right. You know, it's, it's 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 all the same. It doesn't matter if you own a restaurant, a plumbing business, HVC, electrical. It's all the same. 100 you know? percent. So. Mark, you coming out. We're going to see you in Austin this year for the Profit Rocket event or what? Yes, yes, sir. Absolutely. Yes. I didn't get to make it last year. I was getting married, but uh, I will uh, – it was it was a busy year, but I'll be there. I'll be there to support. Let me know if you need anything, any help, anything. Uh, I'll volunteer, whatever you need, brother. It's going to be badass. Well, Mark, man, it was a pleasure, obviously, getting to know you a little bit, man. You got you got an awesome yeah. story. You got a – I mean, your trajectory right now, just like, you know, taking off like crazy. It's fun to watch from afar. And I hope you guys, you know, listen to this and got a little bit of information out of you guys can use in your business. And that is the goal of this of this podcast is that I want you to pick up a couple little nuggets every episode where you can implement immediately. Remember, this industry is not about creating everything new. It's R&D, rob and duplicate, figure out what other people are doing, implement in your business, and then tweak it a little bit to make it better. And that's how we're able to grow and grow fast. And like I said from this podcast, let's try to condense time and get there as quickly as we can. So thank you guys for tuning in, Mark. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, man. I know you jumped on short notice. So thank you again. Appreciate you, brother. Take care.